Welcome to the Plant Cunning Podcast, where we explore a relationship to plants, other people, and the mysteries of nature. Coming to you from the High Allegheny Plateau in central New York, we are your hosts, A.C. Staubel and Isaac Hill. Today on the Plant Cunning Podcast, we are thrilled to have Crystal Dawn on the show. She's an herbalist and doctor and healer and traveler and writer and mother and just loads of... Uh, loads of different roles in the world, um, which we'll hear more about. But how are you today, Crystal Dawn? I am doing very well. How are you, Isaac and AC, today? We're doing awesome. Yeah, we're doing great. It's hot again. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm doing particularly awesome because here I am doing one of my most favorite things to do in the world, which is informing and inspiring and empowering people to take better care of their self and to enhance their longevity, their resilience, their well-being. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for, for joining us. So we have a traditional first question on the show, and it is, how did you come to the plant path? Mm. You know, I came to that plant path right after I completed my residency in family medicine in Southern California and San Bernardino. Hmm. And even though I had, um, you know, all the right tribal affiliations, I was a member of the American, of the AMA, American Medical Association and the American Academy of Family Physicians and you know, I had all of that. I felt like there was something about healing that I had not been taught that was still hidden to me. And um, I grew up in New York City, but I've always been inspired by nature um, and um, the outdoors and um, the idea of herbs and farming. And so that led me as a young doctor to to read the fine print in the back of a herbal magazine where they were inviting for herbal apprenticeship. Mm. And so I made that phone call. We were going to meet, it was with Chatoya de la Torre, who was a a student of Rosemary Gladstar. Uh And she had an herb farm slash school up in Auburn, California. And I was down in Southern California. And the energy, when I made that first inquiry that came over the phone, it was like, yeah, this is my path. Mm. I want more of this in my life. Mm. And it has brought me to get to be colleagues and sisters with some of the most amazing healers on this planet, my sisters and brothers who call themselves plant healers and herbalists. So it, it transformed my life for the better. It was definitely the path that was calling me. Yeah. I love it when that happens, when you make that phone call and there's just something buzzing in the air that is leading you down the path that you're meant to do. It's, it's really something great. Something buzzing in the air that's giving you that big, yes, this is it. And I signed up for a whole year of coming up one week in a month for a year. Sight unseen. <laughs> I hadn't met her. I hadn't uh-huh. seen her. <laughs> I didn't know who my classmates were. I just, I could just tell that the that this was my path. Mm. And I think about all the amazing people like yourself, like Megan, like um, some of my um, um, priestess path sisters and other herbalist sisters who um, have a front row seat in my life, and think how different my life would have been. If I had not made that simple phone call and then said yes to it, just how enriching it has been for my life. So, you know, one of the things about um, embracing herbalism is that it gave the glory back to Mama Earth. It took it out of the hands of Big Pharma and it gave the healing back to Mother Earth and it helped, um, it helped nature to come more alive for me that I could walk um, in, in the woods and find plants where their roots or their flowers or their leaves could be used for healing or used for food. And it helped to strengthen my reverence for Gaia 
and all the gifts that she gives us. And it, and it helped me to understand that even though I have this great toolbox full of, you know, pharmaceuticals and surgical referrals and um, other things like that, that I can make it even bigger and I could pull out this root, I could pull out this leaf, I could pull out this bowl of soup. <laughs> I could pull yeah. Out yeah. Yeah. yeah, sometimes soup is the best medicine. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have that, you know, well-rounded um, toolkit, I guess, of the, the Western medical practice as well as the plant medicine practice. Um, and it's kind of a shame that the that most Western medical doctors don't get trained in plant medicine at all. Anymore. Yeah. Anymore. But ha has there been... Um, like uh, any tension between those two uh, parts of your of your healing path? Well, if there has been, my colleagues don't say anything negative to my face. <laughs> 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 Actually, I kind of laugh because I think back to those early days when I completed my first apprenticeship because I did several. Um, because I really wanted to reinforce the information and I loved being in that community. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember giving advice to my patients who would come in for those chronic headaches or insomnia or anxiety, which often was lifestyle related. And I would give them advice, which included some medicinal plants. And I would say, Shh, now I'm going to tell you this, but it's just between me or you, but you can these are some plants, some herbs, some teas that can help. And I hesitated to put it in the chart. And then I felt like as I got more and more confident in it, I felt like I was out of integrity. And I'm like, I don't want to be a closet herbalist anymore. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Mm. So I wrote up a mission statement to my colleagues, to the doctors who I was sharing this practice with in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And put it in each of their mailboxes. It was back in the 90s. So we didn't, we didn't have, I had just finished residency. So we didn't have, um, um, we didn't all have emails yet. So I put it in their mailboxes. And, um, uh, and I was blown away by the support that they gave me in the hallways, the, the replies that they sent to me. They were actually relieved to have someone in the practice that was embracing this. And they already knew that, they already trusted me. And they knew that if someone came in with a bellyache, that I knew when I could prescribe, I could suggest chamomile, uh, fennel, peppermint tea, um, and when it was that that person needed to see a surgeon. So they were actually, very supportive. Yeah. It sent me a lot of patients my way who were so inclined. Yeah. That's really awesome. So can you tell us just a little bit more about what you do on the day-to-day -day now um, as a doc doctor and herbalist? As a medicine woman. Medicine yeah. woman. What? Yeah. 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 So I do many different things. Um, I um, am enjoying the freedom and flexibility of exploring this world, this planet and cultures and um, discovering different ways of being in the world that I didn't even know I didn't know. So I consider myself a nomadic healer in that I bring my, um, my healing um, options with me wherever I am in the world. I'm supporting myself these days by doing emergency medicine in the allopathic realm. And also I have a small boutique practice that is pretty much referral only where I see people online and we have a more functional a medicine approach to healing. So my herbal um, background took me, helped me to slide right into functional medicine which was a group of physicians who um, were my tribe of physicians who already acknowledged that big pharma had hijacked our profession and that yeah. we pretty much were taught in medical school to be their puppets and that there were many other aspects of healing in 
food and movement and meditation and stress management and detoxification um, that um, were natural and holistic and can either prevent or reverse dis-ease. And so that is my approach to this small boutique uh, online practice that I have. And um, I also do uh, workshops and retreats um, um, for one-on-one, small ones, and then group ones as well. So the most recent of those that's coming up is called a Heal the Healer Retreat in collaboration with Wellness, um, Wellness Collaborative of Boston. It's going to be in Cape Cod, and it's happening it might be too late by the time this comes out. Yeah, it's happening the 26th to 28th of August. Oh, but then again, it's going to happen in October. So this is one that's designed for other herbalists and, and hands-on healers. You could be a doctor, a nurse, a massage therapist, just hands-on healers. It's, we need to take care of ourselves. Yes. And we're specifically reaching out to the BIPOC community in that retreat. And then there's other retreats that I get to do with Megan up in um, the beautiful Adirondacks. And you can stay tuned for that too. So, yeah, with breath work and, mm-hmm. and any detoxes and things like that. So that's yeah. what I do these days. Yeah. Okay. And I write. I write. So I have a great blog out with respects to the microbiome. Also, mm-hmm. that's available on... Um, um, that's available. And, um, and I'm going to be putting one out soon. Um, I think it's going to be on neuroplasticity. Mm. Yeah. Exciting. So yeah, Megan is, um, a mutual friend of ours that lives in the Adirondacks and has the bark eater in with her partner. And uh, I'm excited for her radiant moon gathering that's coming up in September as well. It's a, a women's gathering. Um, so you've done breath work and, and things like that there. So um, yeah, just to give some context about who Megan is. <laughs> but um, did you have another question? Well, uh, to, to follow the, 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 the thread between like being an emergency room doctor and a, not just a herbalist, but a herbalist um, who sees things from a spiritual perspective. Um, how, yeah, like, like uh, do you have any like advice or people <laughs> when to use medic when to use western medicine when to use herbs like uh when people are coming into you how do you tell off that off the bat i mean i know herbalists you know are can't you know um diagnose <laughs> diagnose yeah uh, or treat mm-hmm. um but it's you know it's important to know you know like how what 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 what's what's better for the with with allopathic medicine what's better for the for the herbs okay so um, I use herbs. I have a, a blurring of when, with where herbalism begins and where food as medicine begins. I blend it all yeah. into a, a unique modality that does include using er, using traditional herbs, um, usually in the forms of tinctures or foods. I'm sorry, let me back up. Usually in the form of an herbal tea. Or, or in food. Um, so um, I see a continuum um, along that line. Um, it's interesting. I see uh, um, herbalism slash food as medicine. It is a modality that can be used to prevent or to reduce chronic disease and uh, acute exacerbations of symptoms of chronic disease and then to prevent it in the long run. I often find that in emergency medicine that people need more support to understand um, how this is helping and what it is that they need to do because the lifestyle, there's a whole lifestyle change that goes with it. We call this nutrigenomics. And that is how our nutrition, how the foods that we choose, how the foods that we don't choose um, affect uh, our, our genetic potential. 
And um, our genetic potential is related to aging or inflammating. Um, we can be 10 years older or 10 years younger than our chronolog chronological age. And a lot of that has to do with our lifestyle. Um, and, so, um, and so that's where the retreats come in because I have people for a concentrated period of time and I can give them the support that they need for that. Um, in emergency medicine, I often plant the seed um, and I'll tell them and sometimes people get it and sometimes people kind of just go, well, can I just get that prescription for my depression? You know, yeah, I hear that, that um, perhaps there is an inflammatory, but I really just want that prescription. So I meet them where they're at. I plant the seed. I let them know that there are things that they can do to get off of this prescription, that it does have its side effects. There are a lot more natural things that are more empowering. And I meet them where they're, I meet them where they're at. Yeah, that's very important. And I, I like um, the idea of doing the retreats because a lot of these things are habit patterns and habits are kind of hard to change, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but that's yeah. what, that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that, that's what is, that's the most, if we have free will, I mean, <laughs> I think it's in, in the ability to change your habits. Cause that kind of like mm -hmm. changes your, your whole, your trajectory. But so what are some of the kinds of things that you see most often pop up, like not enough fiber, like um, eating too many foods that are inflammatory, like say if someone has a, uh, a, a slight allergy or an intolerance to dairy or wheat or something, um, or like not enough vitamins. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the standard American diet, but where do you start with helping somebody? Great question. Thank you for asking me that. A lot depends on their level of motivation. Um, people who come into my boutique practice tend to be more motivated than someone who was just fortunate enough to get me randomly in the emergency department. But that said, they are still there for me to inspire and to inform and to let them know. Um, I like to go by the five R's and I'm gonna give you, when I am doing something, whether I have you in private practice or in the ER. Um, the five R's, first of all, begins with removing or reducing. So we are going to remove the amount of processed foods that's in your diet or at least reduce it. So this is anything that is in a, this is most things that's in a box or in a package or in the frozen food section or in a can. And at the very least, at the very minimum in an unmotivated individual, someone who's really just looking for that pill, that secret pill, because we kind of live in a fast food society and people, uh, many people don't, um, are not quite ready to take personal responsibility for their choices and their well being. So I, I plant the seed, can you eat at least 10 different servings of vegetables and fruit and herbs and spices a day? And you can get it in your salad, you can get it in your smoothie, you can get it in your stir fry, you can make tea. And I want you to drink two liters of water a day, at least. So that is the bare minimum of where I start. And someone who's more motivated, they get the whole five hours. And so that is to remove um, processed foods. And in those people who are less motivated, my hope is that they're so busy trying to get in the 10 servings of the vegetables and the fruits, preferably organic and GMO free, um, that, that these whole food processes, that it kind of crowds out um, their ability to take in too many processed sugars and processed foods because they've committed to getting in 10 different servings a day, 30 different um, sources of it a, a week. And it can come from herbs, it can come from tea, it can come from the whole plant food, all of that. It can come from beans, it can come from whole grains. Um, um, there's a, it could be roots, there's 
It could be flowers. There's innumerable sources to get the whole plant foods and, and it can be yummy and it can be delicious. And someone who is more motivated, who says, you know, I, 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 um, I uh, um, really want to get off this prescription medicine. I don't like the side effects of this antihypertensive, antidepressant, um, um, cardiac medicines, what have you. Um, then we go into the whole five R's. Because what we know now from a functional medicine approach is that, which is very different than what I was taught in medical school. Because in medical school, I was taught, we were taught, most of my colleagues were taught to cut up the body. So you had the, the cardiac system and you had the pulmonary system, the lungs, cardiac, the heart, the GI system, gastro, the gastro intestinal system, you had dermatology, you had immunology, you had gynecology, you had, and, um, and everything was divided up. And now from this functional medicine approach, and we realized that the root of all of these very diverse expressions of disease, the root cause is a unhealthy, out of balance, inflammatory response that we are seeing more and more of due to our modern way of living, which puts us in contact with all kinds of chemicals and things that our great grandparents did not have to be exposed to and that the human body was not evolved to be exposed to. And so our immune system, our detoxification system is getting overwhelmed and confused. And we're seeing an advent of so many chronic conditions as a result of it. So what, so I got the five R's, it's remove or reduce. It is, um, it is then replace, it is repopulate. It is to um, rebalance. And there's one more right before that. It'll come to me in a minute. Yeah, there's five R's. Okay. Yeah. So re repopulate meaning the, uh, the mi microbiome? Correct. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a really important point too. There's so many like environmental toxins, mm -hmm. like just in the whether, even if you eat all organic and you eat, everything well there's still the air there's still the water plastics uh, there's microplastic yeah uh heavy metals you know um it's hard to get away i mean in some like I, i'm not sure i haven't uh, made up my mind on emfs yet but that's another thing that our, our grandparents didn't have to deal with mm -hmm. um so there's a there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on um and yeah i can see how that would definitely tax our system yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so For you sure. want to eat as eat it put it in as much as you can that's that's good so you don't have to tax it as as much you know mm. reduce that taxation <laughs> mm -hmm. to the lowest amount yeah exactly we want to give our body the nourishment and the nutrients that it needs so it can effectively deal with what it must deal with and if we just remove or reduce that which we know. And a lot of that is the food that we put in our mouth and the things we put in our skin and the stuff that we bring into our home. And we have influence over that once we know what it is. So, um, so um, and we can reduce the amount of toxic exposure. And then that other exposure that comes from breathing the air because we're going across town and we're stuck in a traffic jam or you know, because we overnighted in a hotel and there was no other choice and there was some off-gassing as, um, as a result of recent maintenance or perhaps the air freshener that they were using, um, you know, that our body yeah. can better deal with it because it's not being, um, because we've removed a lot of it in, um, first of all, in our dietary choices to eat organic, to give ourselves the phytonutrients that the body needs and our genetic program needs in order to effectively deal with the other toxins that we have less influence over um, um, in exercise, in sleep, all of these things help to 
improve the resilience of our body's ability to come back to its center point um, with health and wellness. Yeah, it's the rebalance. And that's another crucial point too that I don't even think about because it's been so long since I've done any of this stuff, but uh, yeah, like air purifiers and uh, deodorants and certain sunscreens, shampoos, shampoos, like there are all sorts of chemicals in those that are not necessarily going to be good for you. (laughs) Exactly. And so if we must use a moisturizer, I don't have a problem with that. Why not just put olive oil or coconut oil on my skin? Yeah. You don't have to use the stuff with all the parabens and the other yeah. chemicals that help it to be an, an emulsifier. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, one of AC's the things that she makes the most is salves. And they're just, I, I love them. They're so much better than any lotion or yes. you know, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's all, and it has herbs infused in it, you know, so then you're getting good stuff on your skin instead mm-hmm. of all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. So um, back to just like the chronic conditions, uh, what are some of the main chronic conditions that you see? And can you speak a little bit about um, a little bit more to about like how you might go about guiding someone to through their healing process? Thank you for asking that. That's a great question. So the common conditions um, in this Western lifestyle of ours um, that people come to me about is diabetes, adult onset, although uh, juvenile onset is increasing as well. It's hypertension, it's cardiac problems and high cholesterol. There's cancer is growing in frequency. There's depression and anxiety. There's lots of autoimmune conditions also that are growing in frequency as well. And even though the expression historically have been thought to be very, very diverse, the root cause of all of those is like an uh, 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 out of control, um, low grade smoldering inflammation in the body. And then depending on that individual, it might manifest as high blood pressure, it could manifest as depression, it could manifest as senile dementia or Alzheimer's 30 years from now or or 50 years from now. We're showing now that, so Alzheimer's and Parkinson's is inflammation of the nervous system. Um, Diverticulitis is inflammation in the colon tract. Depression also is a, is a uh, disturbance of the gut-brain connection and inflammation in the nervous system. Heart disease starts as inflammation in the vascular system. Um, cancer, you know, there's genetic, there are malignant transformations happening all the time. And our body's immune system, the job of it is to survey. And when that two, when a cell that might be exposed to an environmental toxin, um, becomes no longer self, becomes a cancer cell. The immune system responds to it and eliminates it before it has a chance to multiply and to grow and to become a tumor with symptoms. So this is all part of a normal functioning, healthy, healthy immune system. Everyone has had a malignant transformation. Those with a healthy, solid immune system have had, um, um, it gets taken care of and eliminated and and we don't miss a step. We don't miss a step. So, um, so So the root cause of all of those are inflammation and and this comes from uh, modern exposure to pollution, to GMO, to um, BPA, which is in the plastics everywhere, to microplastics, we're finding microplastics in our bloodstream and in our plasma now, um, um, in almost every, um, in people all over the world. Um, um, And there's a host of other chemicals, aluminum, um, from putting aluminum foil on our foods and heating it, um, the flame retardants that's in the furniture to keep it from, and in 
and in our clothing to keep it from bursting into flame. When inhaled is, um, is a toxin. Um, um, so there's neurotoxin. And, and so inflammation, you know, it's a nuanced response. We want some inflammation. A health, we want a healthy, balanced immune system. Um, we don't want it overwhelmed with taking care and trying to uh, neutralize the uh, processed foods and the sugar and the refined sugar that we're taking in. We don't want it overwhelmed with that so that you know it can't take care of a downstream problem, which might be the hardening of the arteries or a um, malignant transformation of a cell that's happened in the body. So, um, so we remove those toxins. That's the first thing in people who are willing. And, um, and it's a journey because there's layers and layers of toxins that we're exposed to. No one can live in modern life, like you said, and not have some exposure. And then we replace it with um, uh, most, uh, and diet. Like 80% of it, we can influence with diet what we, and what we put on our skin and what we bring into our home. So, um, so we, we go for a whole plant-based, real food, organic diet. Do the best that you can. If you don't have organic in your community, then you go tell your grocer that you want organic. And every time you go in there and you buy your conventional tomato, which is your best choice that you can make, or your conventionally grown oregano, or basil or rosemary, you stop in and tell the grocer that you want organic. They are here to make money and you get your friends to do the same thing and other members of your family to do the same thing. And it will start out as a small organic produce section and it will grow and grow and grow and grow. So um, as more and more people respond to it and buy it. So you can have an influence. You can also support your organic farm and a lot of, and your organic co-op. And you can also grow your own food, which is really the highest vibrational yeah. um, um, food or, um, or gathering in the, or doing wild crafting in the forest mm -hmm. and in the fields for your food. We're finding that plants that are stressed because they have to emit their own phytochemicals to protect them from being eaten by bugs and insects, those offer the most bang for our buck in nutrigenomics and the ability for our diet to positively influence our genetic expression. So we want organic. They have mm -hmm. more of the good stuff in them. And, and especially- earth, a vegetable, yeah. uh, a spice, what have you. Yes, a fruit, yeah, a bean, a whole grain, yeah. 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 And I, I found that like, one of the easiest things for people if they want to start growing is uh, is greens, especially like dark leafy greens, because mm -hmm. they have so much bang for their buck. They're easy to grow. They have got lots of um, the comp fiber as well yeah. as the, the phytochemicals. So <laughs> there and they're also one of the easiest right. things to forage as long as you're not foraging in places with high pollution. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And. That they've been eaten a little bit by the insects, first of all, shows that they're edible and yummy and also lets you know that that plant will have an enhanced phytonutrient spectrum to offer you. And it is that that is medicinal for the body. Absolutely. And fiber is another thing. We need to, most Americans, most do not get enough fiber. In fact, hardly any do. And it's recommended, I think, like up to 30 grams of fiber a day is what's recommended. I think for men, maybe 25 for women, we need 50 grams of fiber, y'all. Fiber is sexy. I'm here to tell you that. Mm -hmm. We see it in the whole grain. We see it in beans. Mushrooms. We, we see it in mushrooms. Thank you, sis. Yes. We need to get that fiber in because that fiber is food for our microbiome. And when we don't take in enough fiber, then the bacteria that were sent here to enhance our well-being in our intestinal tract, they feed off of that fiber. If we're just giving it processed junk foods, then it turns and it begins to feed in the lining of our intestines. And that's where leaky gut comes in. It literally eats us from the inside out. So we want to take in those chia, cells, those chia seeds, 
teal yeah. pudding. We want the oatmeal. We want the flat. We want the marshmallow and the licorice root um, and, um, and all of these other demulcent type because they help to restore the lining. They help to create a home for beneficial my microbiome. And they in turn give off short chain fatty acids. And short chain fatty acids are one of the most anti-inflammatory molecule known to man. And when I say anti-inflammatory, I mean anti-aging, anti-inflammaging. They reverse chronic disease. They help to give us more vitality um, and more resilience. Um, to those toxins that we have not been able to eliminate exposure to. So we want to take in fiber and we want the short chain fatty acids. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and isn't there very little or no fiber in dairy and meat products? That, yeah, there's um, so that dairy. Meat that's like mainstay of the American diet is like meat and potatoes or well, burgers. Also and white bread. bread, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's no as much yeah. fiber in bread and yeah. But it's uh, also yeah. it's also interesting is some people like do eat more meat and they that actually helps their inflammation. So I think it depends also on the person. Do you, have you found that to be the case? Like the individual I, I want to be clear to say that I'm not saying that I think we should have a plant-based diet, but I'm not necessarily, to me, that means that you can have some meat yeah. um, that yeah. works for you. Um, and I think that we all need to be kind of tuned in to what works for our body yeah. as you begin to, as we begin, begin to become less toxic, mm -hmm. we are more open and available to the nuances of our well-being. Our bodies begin to communicate with us, our hearts and our minds communicate with us and we kind of know if this is a good thing for us or a bad thing for us. One of the things though about meat is that especially beef, it's hard on our planet. And we are in a crisis situation right now when it comes to our planet and global warming. And sometimes I even wonder if a lot of the depression and anxiety is an existential um, anxiety and depression from yeah. the stress that we've put on mother earth. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it's all to some level um, 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 interchangeable and related. So yeah. when we do do meat, when we do do fish, um, I think it should be the highest quality that you can get, meaning preferably not conventionally grown. Yeah. And probably they've been fed either just allowed to graze or um, fed organically mm -hmm. um, or, um, or have it be game. And um, I think a small amount as a condiment, you know, yeah, you know, as a condiment to the meal. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's also like the grass, grass fed beef also is, is a lot, especially if you're doing something like rotational grazing, it can actually be beneficial for the environment, but the it, way we do it, the way we do it with scale. the large feedlots and everything is it, it that it also oh. is much healthier for you because you're getting um, a lot of those omega threes and everything through the fat in there. But, I, th I think the another crucial aspect is the nihilism that comes from the modern uh, materialist worldview that has a lot to do, you know, as when you're listening to those chronic conditions, you know, you put in their depression and, and anxiety and like that, like I personally know more people who have died from suicide or from drug overdose mm -hmm. uh, than anything else in my age set in my mm -hmm. where I'm, you know, so uh it that kills people yeah. <laughs> you know it's not in the not the same way but um yeah. it yeah it really does and i think a lot of those people are more sensitive and, and they, they have no way to handle the overload right of uh of emotion and yeah yeah, yeah it's not we have not been a culture that has honored um empath yeah um those who would be more tuned into the dis stress and the dis-ease mm -hmm. on this planet and who, 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 yeah. And um, nor have we been a culture that has honored so much creativity or spiritual growth, but kind of like a, a Jew produced materialistic and a lot of people, a lot of children um, 
they know that it's not right, that something's wrong, but they can't put their finger on it. And there's nothing that I applaud about fitting in with a culture that is full of dis-ease itself. We have to empower one another and support one another to kind of see through the veil and to um, set that example. That's what I like about my herbalist and my farming community. Um, and um, so many more medical doctors are also realizing that we need to be the model of wellness and community activists. We need to kind of live it and breathe it and be it and model it so that other people are more likely to embrace it. And it's all included. I see in the emergency department, so many children who are cutting themselves, who are depressed, who are on these mental health drugs, teenagers. And um, I was, I've been camp doctor um, uh, for uh, camps in the summertime. And there's so many kids on ADHD and Ritalin. And I didn't see this when I first came out of medical school, you know, and antidepressants and autoimmune stuff for asthma. And I didn't see all of this, like 50% of the kids being on some pharmaceutical. So there, um, there's a crying out. There's a crying out, and we, if only we had the eyes to see it and to, and to yeah. listen and to adjust ourselves before, while there's still time. Right. Part of the five-hour lifestyle, I'm going to say it in its entirety now, mm -hmm. is to remove, to reduce, to re number two is to replace, number three is to re-inoculate, number four is to repair. And that's where a lot of the herbs can come in and the, yeah. and the adaptogens can come in. Um, and then the, la the final one is rebalance. Rebalance. And in balance, we have meditation. Yeah. And we have breath work. And we have adaptogens can be part of repair or rebalance. But to me, that's a foundation mm -hmm. of, of bringing wellness. And as people... You know, ideally, all of this would be happening at the same time um, in motivated individuals. But as they begin to take more and more responsibility and they start to feel better, then, um, then it becomes easier to do more things. And that's why retreats are so powerful, too, because you can remove someone from their environment. You can immerse them in this new lifestyle, uh, spending time outdoors in nature. Uh, grounding, um, nature bathing, meditation, yoga, tai chi, movement, hiking, whatever, um, breath work, and they can see the difference that it's making in their lives because they emerge feeling better mm -hmm. and more resilient and rejuvenated. Yeah. Yeah, they got to find that thing or those things that you know, they're starting to feel and see the changes and then that gives them momentum to to keep going with their habit changing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And your environment often it creates who you are, like the, the people you hang out with the most make your yeah. personality. You know, you become yeah. like the five people you hang out with the most. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's the same thing if you if you have that time to like recalibrate being in the being in the environment where these the uh, like a higher level of health is happening mm. then you can readjust to that i agree with you so much brother our environment we are communal beings yeah. we were raised to be we were bred as a species to be a part of community and you want to surround yourself with people who get you who are excited to see you who exalt in you and ideally, you would reciprocate that. And you do want those who remind you of the best that you are and have that, those higher health habits of, um, of, um, that create greater resistance and well-being. I mean, you know, your drinking buddies, our drinking buddies, you know, alcohol is a neurotoxin. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe we're just going to hang out with them once a year, you know, yeah. <laughs> but not, you know, but we, we do need to be very selective. And then as we begin to model 
our own wellness and improvement, then it makes it easier for them to make changes as well. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. crucial. Yeah. So um, when you were talking about inflammation before, I was just sort of like thinking like, well, like what exactly is inflammation? Like you talked about it a little bit, but I was wondering if you could just like deep dive a little bit more um, into what inflammation does in our bodies, how, like what exactly it's it's caused by. You, you did mention it a little bit, but like how does it work and why is it the seat of like of chronic disease? Okay, so what did I not tell you before? So what I want to tell you is that an inflammatory is that um, our immune systems are crucial and our immune systems are located, 80% of our immune system is located in the large intestines, just on the outside of the gut lining. And it is here where the immune system becomes trained to do its job. And what, and so some, and so I wanna just backtrack for a minute. So when you have like a cut, for example, and you notice that it's a little red and it's a little warm and it's a little swollen and it's a little tender as it heals, that's normal, healthy inflammation. That is what is needed. There's an increased blood supply to the area. That's why it's red. That's why it's warm. And that helps to bring in the cells that are going to repair the skin, repair the subcutaneous tissue, help to prevent um, anything that could potentially cause an infection from happening. So there's some white blood cells, there's some repair cells happening, all brought on through the immune system. So inflammation is crucial and needed. Then there's other forms of inflammation like asthma and there's gout and then there's autoimmune conditions. Um, There's urticaria and allergic reactions to foods and things like that. And, And that is when inflammation has begun to be out of control. And then even more downstream from that now, we're getting, um, we're getting these other conditions like hypertension, like coronary artery disease, like cancer, like um, Alzheimer's disease, which um, are inflammation in different parts of the body downstream as a result of chronic low-grade inflammation. So the the immune system is located in the small intestine. That's where it goes to do its training. And um, you've, you've heard of this term called leaky gut. And leaky gut is brought on from uh, the modern American diet, the standard American diet, the fat diet, eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of refined sugar, low in carbs, you know, all that fast food stuff, all that hamburger helper, tuna helper, all that blah, 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 that hot dogs, hamburgers, white bread, (laughs) all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... um, that's low in fiber. And we already talked about the benefits of fiber. Mm-hmm. So when there is low fiber diet, now um, the bacteria, which is ubiquitous, which is really friendly, healthy bacteria, if we would nourish it with the whole foods and the best thing that we can do to get a good microbiome is to choose to eat at least 10 different servings of plant-based foods a day right. and right. to take in 50 grams of, of um, 50 grams Uh, to strive for 50 grams of fiber a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So the bacteria that is here to be our friend has nothing to eat. So it begins to eat the junctions of our intestinal tract. And then it Mm -hmm. causes leaky gut because it's eating the junctions. It's literally eating the glue that holds the cells together. And this cell wall is just one or two cell layers thick. So it doesn't take much. And then on the other side of that is our immune system that is there to be trained to begin to say what is me and what is not me to do its job. And so when it is being exposed to partially digested, um, uh, partially digested um, 
food-like products, because I don't know if you can even call processed foods foods, um, then it gives the wrong information to the immune system and the immune system gets confused and it cannot so much, dis and it's bogged down. It's trying to help the body to get what good nutrients there are in that food. And at the same time, it's trying to slow down the inflammatory response that is happening from the leaky gut. And so downstream, there's not enough of the immune system to help to protect our arteries, to help to protect our brain, to help to protect other aspects that, um, that need to be protected um, because the whole heightened inflammatory, the whole general inflammatory state of the body has been heightened. So, uh, so we do ourselves a disservice to our immune system, which is really critical. And then there's the whole gut-brain connection through the vagus nerve. So if inflammation is happening in the gut, then we, and we've got leaky gut, then there's inflammation happening in the brain and we end up with leaky brain. And this is where, and this hypothesis has been used to explain the, you know, why so many, uh, why there's so much more depression and anxiety and um, dementia and Parkinson's disease and other uh, neurodegenerative things that we didn't see a hundred years ago. Huh, so, so the foods actually are affecting the depression too. It's not just the, uh spiritual malaise and uh, everything like there actually is leaky brain wow so this actually we're almost out of time here but um i, I would like to kind of like summarize a little bit and uh add in a couple things so like we talked to matthew wood last winter and he uh, about his book on the extracellular matrix and what you're talking about seems to me like uh, to tie, tie into that really crucially like the extracellular matrix is what holds the cells together and that's what the bacteria is, is eating and then you're you're saying that demulcents are really good to help for this whole scenario your marshmallow and so on um and those are matthew was finding that also helps with the the uh the extracellular matrix um so to, as far as herbs uh, that you are suggesting the demulcents are really good and then just any anything that adds more fiber and more plant material to your diet and more phytochemicals so like your nettles and so on um then what what role would anti-inflammatory herbs play like uh like licorice, licorice or uh everyone i i guess it's probably a couple of years now but um everyone's talking about turmeric you know as like an anti-inflammatory you, know, you can just like just take current turmeric and then it gets rid of your inflammation but it's not real like it, yeah so what what role are, are herbs like turmeric um what do they have in, in this scenario? And are, are there other herbs that you would suggest as like a general uh, thing for, for ha being healthier? <laughs> like reducing inflammation. reducing inflammation, yes. I say get the herbs in, get them in. And if, and preferably get them in as spices. Yeah, okay. Um, foods. There's something about taking that whole entire herb, that whole entire plant, where those individual phytonutrients work together synergistically that yeah. give us more benefit than if it's an isolated compound that we're getting in a supplement, mm -hmm. or even in my humble opinion, if it's been steeped or if it's been um, tinctured, although there's right. definitely benefit to both of those as well. So I say get them in. Turmeric is a great, powerful anti-inflammatory. It helps to nourish the microbiome that which is not absorbed it works synergistically if we do it with freshly cracked pepper as most of us herbalists know and or perhaps some good high quality oil like um, ghee or olive oil or um, avocado oil or something like that it helps about it helps it to be observed more absorbed more thoroughly mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter if it's not absorbed it's still going to be nourishment for the microbiome in a positive way mm -hmm. um, ginger its first cousin is a powerful anti-inflammatory respiratory tonic. Um, let's see, we have rosemary, which mm -hmm. supports the liver um, and helps to support the memory and our cognitive ability. And that can be taken in a tea or as food. Um, gram for gram herbs are, have more fiber content, have just as much fiber content as beans do. 
So we want to take mm-hmm. in, they're like super, all herbs are superfoods, all spices are superfoods. Let me put mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah. Um, cool. Another yeah. way I'd like to get my herbs in are, um, I always recommend that people increase their water. I want you to get two liters, if not three liters of water a day. And so why not infuse a carminative if your concern is bloating? Or why not confuse, infuse an adaptogen or some other medicine, depending on what, you know, on that unique person's constitution and what could be a benefit of them. And then this is the tea that you drink like water. We don't want to sweeten it too much. You know, we just want them to just have the herbal tea. Um, and then they can drink it in the morning. They can have their, their daytime tea and then they can have their evening tea, depending on, you know, if they need a nervine at night to kind of help them to get, because sleep, we didn't even talk about sleep, but that's one of the foundations. And so is movement and exercise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creating an anti-inflammatory life, right. So, um, so there are different, you know, they could do yerba mate and black tea in the morning. Those are anti, those are very rich and, and phytonutrients, they're healing, and they help to lift you up a little bit so that you can get that exercise in in the middle of the day. And there's nothing wrong with taking a nervine. A lot of nervines can overlap with carminatives or adaptogens in the evening. And, um, and add that to it so that you are super powering because we want diversity. We want all the colors, those red vegetables, those yellow vegetables, those purple vegetables or herbs or spices or fruits, they all bring for their unique healing potential. So we want to make sure we're getting from all that, all of a good diversity. We don't want to eat the same four, four foods a day, you know, every day. And we want 30 different ones a week. So we want the, we want the diversity and they can mix many different types. I mean, we learned about the importance of synergistic effect as herbalists, because we're always prescribing, you know, a combination of herbs. And we know that they potentiate one another as opposed to one herb or one plant individually. And so we can, you know, we can continue to do that from looking at herbs as a, as a whole food um, that can be incorporated in the beverage or as a spice. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That's that's amazing. All great recommendations. And uh, yeah, thanks again for really breaking down that inflammation factor, because I feel like now I have like a better understanding of it. Um, But I was wondering, just as like a final question, as somebody who's a traveler and nomadic healer, do you have any tips for folks that are on the road and trying to stay healthy? Um, it's, it can be difficult to carry all of your herbs and, and teas with you or tinctures are heavy. Like you go to a new city, you can't find a health food store. Like what do you do um, to, you know, maintain these habits on the road? So my people who know me the best kind of laugh at me because I do show up with two full-size suitcases and two carry-ups. So. <laughs> <laughs> if not three, uh, generally it's because I have some version of what I need, of what I feel that I need and want to share with people, you know, that I'm excited about when it comes to healing and when it comes to medicine. So um, I travel with my own high-grade olive oil. Nice. Uh, because you can't, you go someplace and their best is a salad and then they want to put, you know, salad dressing on it or something and that negates the benefits. So I travel with my own high grade um, um, olive oil. What else? I have my own, um, I like to do my, so I like to do my chai in the morning and that is such a, and that helped me to reduce my caffeine intake. And with the chai, you know, you have your ginger and you can put your turmeric in it and you can put your oil in it to help you and your black pepper to help to activate that turmeric and that ginger and cardamom. And what else can I put? Black tea and green tea. Cinnamon, cinnamon, cloves. That's right. So I have my chai and sometimes my coconut, um, my dried coconut dairy as a result. It's a a beverage that that traditionally comes with dairy. Mm -hmm. So I usually have my morning beverage in it. And then also it's kind of funny, but I find my morning porridge um, Mm -hmm. and my morning smoothie 
is another good opportunity to get my 10 vegetables in um, each day, wherever I'm at. Because sometimes I'm in South America. Sometimes I could be in the Midwest and they could, it might take me a moment to get my balance to figure out what my sources are. So I have my favorite green powder nice. that I like to use. Um, which has lots of different, uh, which is a, which I believe is high vibrational and has lots of different um, 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 plants in it, mm -hmm. and uh, and I put that in my smoothie. And in my smoothie, uh, I, I um, um, you know, if I have the resources, it'll be fruit in it. Sometimes I'll put some more oatmeal in it, hemp seeds, put some chia seeds in it, and you can do the same with your morning porridge. You know, I mean, you can add your, uh, you can add your chia pudding, you can add your cinnamon, you can add your ginger, um, you can add your, uh, your seeds and your nuts, uh, you can add your dried fruits, your banana, your apple, um, and you can add a lot of other spices to that also, a lot of herbs to it too. And I've even taken the water from, like, like cook, the, cook the oatmeal in chai, like a chai base. <laughs> And it's so good, sweetened with just a little bit of um, of, uh, of a maple syrup. It's mm -hmm. like the best pancake alternative you can imagine. Yeah. So and it's rich in fiber, and it's a demulcent. Yeah. And it's to help to keep you regular because if you're constipated, then you are by by definition toxic. So I kind of look at I travel with these things. Um, so that I can take care of myself when I'm on the road. And if I mess up, then I just celebrate it and get back on the program the next day, you know? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's a crucial bit of advice there. Just get back on the horse. Yes. You know? Get back on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Great, great traveling tips. Yeah. Powders are crucial. We, we have a mushroom powder that has about 10 different mushrooms in it and that take that every day and that's that that's a good thing you can take with you yeah. you know powders yeah because mm -hmm. mushrooms i didn't even get to talk about mushrooms those are great <laughs> things and immune modulators and i went to brazil last summer with my mushroom powder and my green powder and there was a huge wave of omicron happening and we all caught it i mean it was like a tidal wave it had us and we were just like what <laughs> the whole group everybody had it it came out of nowhere and I've often had people who have followed, you know, the advice on mushrooms, on green powders, on the anti-inflammatory, get back to me and say, this really helped me weather COVID. I felt like I had less achiness, less headache. I recovered quicker, less symptoms. Um, and when I finally caught it myself in January, I felt the same way. There were folks half my age who were suffering and as, you know, as vaccinated who Seem to have much more symptomology than I did. And I think it was my mushroom powder, which mm -hmm. I tried to get everybody to, everybody, because I was the community doctor, because all my friends had it. We all had it at the same time. Uh -huh. And I'd be like, here, here's your smoothie. And, you know, there's something about folks, you give them something green to drink and their face turns off. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so true. So, you know, sometimes it depends on the community, right? Other yeah. people get it. And yeah. so, but they drank it, they respected me, they trusted me awesome. and it had the mushroom powder, it yeah. had the green, the green powder mm -hmm. and coconut water and um, yeah, and whatever else I could find local that was organic and, and fresh and nourishing. I'm also just like thinking too, like with COVID, the powders are useful, but also for like elderly folks or folks who are sick and they don't have an appetite, like what an amazing way to get these phytonutrients into their system. Yeah. I have powders as a smoothie or on the oatmeal. I tell them, they're like, what about Isher? I'm like, no, no for Isher. Give them a green powder. Oh my gosh, Isher, yeah. <laughs> Make them a smoothie. Yeah. Doctor recommended. I'm like, well, don't ask me if you're not. If you want my opinion, you ask me. This doctor opinion. says green smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Is there any um, anything that we missed that you would love to share with the listeners today before we wrap up? I want to remind us that the cornerstones of wellness 
our diet, our exercise, how much movement we bring, our sleep, and our stress management. And cultivating healthy patterns and all of this influences our genetic expression in a positive way so that we have a set point of higher well-being, of more resilience, more energy, more enthusiasm for life, more joy for community, more strength to help to co-create a planet that is worthy of, and uh, uh, it, we have the planet, but to create uh, that which needs to be done in order to save this planet, um, a community that is worthy of this planet. And so I want to remind you that everything that we put into our mouths will either tip the scales towards wellness or towards disease, and that our well being is inextricably intertwined with that of our communities that we choose and of this planet. So we need to choose wisely and with the whole picture in mind. Mm. And thank you. Thank you, mm. Isaac and AC, yes. for this opportunity to be here today. It's been my joy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much yeah. for being here, Crystal. This has been awesome, and we appreciate you joining us. So enjoy the rest of your day.